of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. It is great to be here today thinking about talking about issues related to worship, theology, and culture. And uh, today is a cultural topic. I'm going to be discussing something. I try to pick topics that are uh, most relevant to the current time um, and things going on in our society, uh, theological issues, cultural issues. Um, today I am going to be talking about this author that has seemingly taken the world and the church by storm, a young lady named Rachel Hollis, who, uh, you may have heard about. And if you haven't, I would encourage you to just, uh, look her up, find out a little bit of information about her. Um, and she has two popular books right now that many people are reading. And if you are a pastor, if you are um, a churchgoer, if you do not realize uh, Rachel Hollis and and the impact she has made, you are living uh, in either ignorance or oblivion because she has really truly taken the church world by storm. A lot of people are reading her works, and I would dare say that there are probably people in your own congregation reading her work, especially women. Um, Her work is geared more towards women, Um, and knowing this, in the past couple of weeks, I have read her two books. She has two books, one called Girl Stop Apologizing and another one called Girl Wash Your Face, and so... um, I want to really do a review of her work through a gospel grid, okay? So that's my intent here. Um, Anytime someone has as much influence as Rachel Hollis, anybody for that matter, on a Christian group, uh, pastors and, and believers in general should, at the very least, understand the message that is being submitted. Um. Years ago, when I was in college, there was a book, a little bit after college actually, there was a book called Blue Like Jazz that uh, many people were reading. And so I read it for myself just to see what it said, see the message, and and view it through a gospel lens, as I think we should with everything. Um, And that includes non-Christian messages. I read authors quite often that are uh, not Christian. Many are atheists. And I just, I want to know the message. What are they presenting? I hold firm and I hold fast to my faith in Jesus Christ. So I always have that grid. Um, But it's good to know and understand the message. So I am going to make a bold statement here in that Rachel Hollis' message is not the gospel. In fact, it is antithetical to the gospel. And now while, as I admitted earlier, I do not know Rachel Hollis' personal motivations or even consider her work to be evil in itself, it's not that. I am not claiming that. Um, And I will even go as far as to say she probably had good and pure intentions in writing her books. Um, But there are a few items surrounding her work that concern me. So thankfully, I have discovered that my thoughts parallel those of some other Christians 
who think about these issues. So I am not the first to review her work uh, in this way. You can probably do a Google search and find many people who have reviewed her work and you'll get mixed opinions. I have seen many people who um, blatantly support her work no matter what. And I've seen quite the opposite from other people. So uh, this is my personal review. So I am going to examine some items um, surrounding Rachel Hollis' work through the lens of the gospel and discuss how Rachel Hollis' message contradicts the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Okay, so uh, follow along with me here. Um, again, I encourage you to read her work for yourself, get your own ideas, but this is my personal review. So first of all, at its core, Rachel Hollis' message is one of self-worth. It is self-centered. In other words, things will not change until you begin to love yourself more. And many people don't see the issue with this message. Um, and I am not saying not to love yourself. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. A lot of people don't see the issue with this message until they realize that is not the message of the gospel. Hollis suggests that you you come first. Uh, you are the priority. You come first, okay? And your happiness depends on you. But that is not the message of the gospel. In fact, contrarily, the gospel says that you do not come first and that you have no ability to save yourself whatsoever and that the only one, the only worth you have is from the fact that you are created in God's image and you are found in Christ. Hollis' message here is self-centered. In both of her books, Girl, Stop Apologizing and Girl, Wash Your Face, it is self-centered, and little of what she says regards what Christ has already done for you, but rather what you can do for yourself if you change a few things. She even says this. She says, first, learn to love yourself and give yourself credit, then reach for more. That is uh, in her book, Girl, Stop Apologizing, on page 62. So it, it is very much trust in yourself. It's self-centered. It is effectively self-righteousness. And I need to admit that she tells a story about uh, calling it quits with her ex-boyfriend who broke up with her and left her with a horrid feeling. And it was a very touching story, actually, very well written. Um, but upon reading this self-centered perspective, I have to wonder personally the details of her version of the story. There are two sides to every story. And also, like many other people, I've been on a side of the breakup where lies were told about, told about me. And so my point here is that Hollis' message is one of self-centeredness and self-focus rather than a denying self, a dying to self and living to Christ alone. So her message is contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has commanded us to do. The second issue I have with her work in general is that it is an avoidance of truth. In both of her books, it is an avoidance of truth. And so, in fact, the author here, Rachel Hollis, does not present a clear and unequivocal message that Jesus Christ is the only way. She even suggests that just because believers have decided Christianity is right does not mean that other religions are wrong. Well, then what the heck are we doing with Christianity if it is not the only right way? So what she fails to realize is that truth is narrow. 
you know, in a world that bombards Christianity with openness and wideness, we often forget that in most areas of life, truth is not wide, but it is narrow. For example, mathematical truth is usually narrow. Now, some of you mathematicians may sit here going, no, that's not right. But, uh, you know, in its simplest form, two plus two is going to equal four. And maybe you can come up with some philosophical approach where it does not equal four. But in um, in mathematical truth, two plus two is four. Scientific truth is usually narrow. Grammatical truth is usually narrow. A noun is a noun. A verb is a verb. There are many things I could point to that, that suggest that truth is usually narrow. It's not wide. There is usually one truth. That is the way. Jesus made it clear that he is the only way. John 14, 6. He's the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And so to suggest that Christianity is not the only right way is to effectively avoid the truth. It's becoming more difficult to make these kinds of statements without retaliation. But it is truth. Christianity is not a man-made religion. Hear me on that. It is not a man-made religion as many people would express. A lot of people have a term, a problem with the term Christian. They think that's some kind of man-made, made-up thing. Um, but it's a biblical word. Believers were first called Christians at Antioch, Acts eleven twenty six. And so Hollis does not directly deny uh, Christianity is the only way, but she does leave room for question. In other words, she equivocates. Her message then is an avoidance of truth, likely, in my opinion, probably for the purpose of book sales. That is what um, publishers often want you to do, which, which is interesting because it is a Christian uh, publisher. And so um, whatever the case, if that is the purpose of her message being very broad and, une- and, and um, equivocating, then it's working because she's selling a lot of copies. Uh, the third issue here that I have with her work is that it is self-gratifying. Do you see the theme here, self? <laughs> it is very much focused on you, and that's that's what she was going for, obviously. Um, perhaps maybe she had something different in mind, but that is not the message um, uh, that is not the message that is being portrayed. It's a self-gratifying message, and it shouldn't be any surprise to anyone that the author connects with her readers by appeasing, societal self-gratifying norms. We, we live in a selfish society. Even in our so-called social justice actions, most actions are, motivi- uh, are motivated by self-gratification. And it doesn't take long for good intentions to become purely evil, masked by an illusion of what many people perceive to be good. And so I don't know, again, Hollis' motivations for her work, but I can confidently say that her message is not a gospel message. Even though her work is sold and marketed in Christian outlets as a gospel message, it is not the gospel. The message Hollis gives is that your happiness is dependent on you, disregarding the fact that this claim is nowhere in the Bible. In fact, if we are speaking of biblical joy— It is dependent on Jesus Christ, not you. But Hollis' message claims quite the opposite. 
one final issue I have, and probably the most important one, is that her message, Rachel Hollis' message, is self-saving. From the beginning in Girl, Wash Your Face, in chapter one, Rachel Hollis suggests that you are your own hero. (laughs) Now listen to this. Scripture is clear that humanity is dead in trespasses. Ephesians 2.1, dead. It doesn't say you are drowning. You are dead in your sin before Christ. Someone who is dead has no ability whatsoever to save themselves, much less become a hero on their own accord. So while Hollis' message is, is to believe yourself, the gospel's message is to believe in Christ because you literally have no ability to save yourself whatsoever. While Rachel Hollis' message is to think more of yourself, the gospel's message, and this is replete in scripture, the gospel's message is to think less of yourself and even nothing of yourself at all, but only of Christ and his accomplished work on the cross. Hollis presents a self-saving message of false hope by believing in yourself, trusting in yourself, and setting goals. (laughs) I'm a goal-oriented person. I, I have a task list every day, and I'm so oriented to that that if I do something during the day that is not on that list, I go back and add it. (laughs) I firmly believe in setting goals, but the goals should be set for the right reasons, not for your own personal glory or gain. One of Hollis' personal goals is to fly first class. Okay, that's that's one thing uh, she talks about in uh, Girls Stop Apologizing. Flying first class, that's one of her personal goals. And flying first class is not sinful in itself, but her message points to a deeper problem. The problem of not denying self, the problem of seeking your own glory. There are several indicators in what Hollis says that directly contradict the message of Jesus Christ. And so while Rachel Hollis says to look to yourself, Christ says to deny yourself, take your cross, look to him. This is the message of the gospel, not Hollis' message of self-help. So I think the overarching issue here is that what Rachel Hollis says is not a message, uh, not a gospel message, but it is being promoted as such. At its core, what Rachel Hollis says is really no different from any other self-help non-gospel message message out there, but it's being promoted in Christian bookstores, sales charts, and churches as a distinctly Christian message. But make no no mistake, it is not a gospel message. And I don't claim that non-gospel books are bad. Again, I read them myself. I have several which I enjoy. In fact, if it were not for uh, do-it-yourself helps on YouTube or Google, some of you know what I'm talking about, I would not have a clue how to fix things in my house when they break. (laughs) Thank God for YouTube and Google. What a blessing that is. But the problem with Hollis' message is that it is promoted as a Christian message when it is really far from it. Rachel Hollis has a message that is a godless message, and it is masked by the fact that she refers to herself as a Christian who cusses a little and vaguely references God in her writing. In other words, it is not an explicit gospel message, which in my opinion is the only message, gospel message that exists. So my concern is not necessarily for the message itself as much as it is for the portrayal of what it is. 
In other words, because it is promoted as a gospel message, people in local churches accept it and trust it as such. Reality is we should only trust the Bible. But a lot of people resort to other messages, including Rachel Hollis' message. So the connection made between Hollis' message and the gospel is a false one. Largely, what she says is antithetical to the gospel. And I don't pretend, again, to know Rachel Hollis' motivations in writing. In fact, I would not be surprised if they are good and pure. But the message she presents is not the gospel. If you want to read Rachel Hollis, do so. In fact, as I would with any other influential author, I encourage you to do so with an analytical mind and see what they have to say. I've read her work and I don't deny her talent. Her grammar is lacking a little bit, probably because she's writing to a a broad popular audience. But lest anyone receives a false hope, do not make the, the mistake of linking what she says to any sort of gospel message. The message of Rachel Hollis, as encouraging and uplifting as it may be, it's tickling ears. That's what it is. It is not a gospel message. And so that's my review of the work of Rachel Hollis. Um, I encourage you again, read it, find out for yourself. You may disagree with me on some things. That's okay. This is my review. Uh, hopefully this has been helpful and maybe giving you giving you a little insight into the work of uh, Rachel Hollis and how to approach these things. Uh, my admonition to you would be to approach everything through the grid of the gospel. There is uh, everything. I mean, your work, what you read, uh, everything. Approach it that way from that perspective. And I think that will help us as Christians, as the local church, um, in every area of life. So thanks for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it, did it.